0: Crime Café, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm Debbie Mack, your host. Before I bring on my guest, I'd like to say two things. First, check out my website and the uh, link at debbimack.com, D-E-B-B-I-M-A-C-K.com, the link Crime Café, where you can find all the uh, buy links for the Crime Café publications as well as the subscribe button for the podcast. And secondly, I'm putting together a Patreon campaign for people who would like to support the podcast. Yes, you can help keep the lights on here and keep the great crime, suspense, and thriller talk coming. So um, there'll be great perks for people who get involved and donate as low as a dollar. So um, please consider it and... Be on the lookout for the page. I'll let everybody know when that's up. But now, what you've been waiting for. My guest is Kristen Helling, who, quote, enjoys stories with a journey, whether it's a journey across the globe, a journey through space, or a journey of finding oneself. I like that. How's it going, Kristen? It's great to have you on.
1: Good. Thank you for having me, Debbie.
0: Sure thing. It's wonderful. Um, so you've done a lot of different types of writing and that intrigues me, but we'll start with your thriller writing. Um, the Altruism Effect. Tell us uh, about the book. What is the book about?
1: Yeah, so the premise is based around um, a psychological experiment from our history, a real one. And um, as I was studying psychology, I got my minor um, with my bachelor's in psychology, and it was just just all of these cases from the past that have taught us so much about humanity was just so inspiring to me. And so I feel like the stories write themselves <laughs> when I read these cases. And so um, my series Mastermind Murders is based off of um, loose inspirations from from psychological studies. So the first book, The Altruism Effect, is based off of the Stanford Prison Experiment that happened in 1971. And um, so yeah, my protagonist is a psychologist herself. She's graduated with her doctorate and she's running a a clinic uh, with a few other graduates that she has come close with. And um, she kind of, she's had a, a couple of horrific experiences, which relates back to, to the prison experiment, um, kind of helps her, you know, guide herself through life.
0: Hmm, I know as a lawyer, it affected me.
1: She went through this, the training to be a psychologist. And, um, I, that definitely came from my background in psychology as well as, uh, you know, the cases that I allude to as well.
0: Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that you had that reference to the Stanford experiment, because I think I've heard of it before. And, um, that's just very scary. Um, <laughs> and, uh, where does the bystander effect go from from this the the next book I assume in the series? Is yeah. it an extension of what happens before? Is it the same protagonist or is so does something else happen?
1: it is yes, so this is a four book series, so I don't think it's a spoiler in saying that she survives
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank <So> heavens. <laughs>
1: And um, so the, fir- the second book, The Bystander Effect, opens up with um, the detective that uh, speaks to her when she's in the hospital at the end. He actually goes back and visits her after there's been some time, um, some, some time for her to heal, and he actually approaches her to ask for her expertise in a case that he's currently working on. So he, because of the experience that she had, he's finding similarities in some current cases he's working on. And he thinks with her experience and her education that she would be a really big help to the case. And so with a lot of kind of going within herself and seeing if this was possible for her to even do, she ends up taking the job. And so the two of them work to uh, try and, and um, solve the next case that comes up. And that's kind of how the rest of the series you know, um, is lined up. She, she ends up becoming a, a very integral part to solving cases that are also related to, to past experience experiments.
0: That's very interesting. So you create kind of a team in, in essence. Yes. A Crime solving team. Yes. Psychologist and police detective, I guess. Yes. Um, well, that sounds really interesting. Uh what about capsule? I noticed you wrote it's like it looks like a sci-fi thriller.
1: Yeah. Interestingly enough, um I I've, I've got lots of stories and they all tend to be within the thriller genre. I just love, you know, fast-paced stories that have twists and turns you're not expecting and and so um this story came into my head and it this char- it's more of it's it's very character driven. It's more of a character um kind of experiment. And it could have taken place anywhere, really. It could have been in a submarine. It could have been in the woods. <laughs> but it just happened to make sense in space. So uh, that was actually the first novel that I, I published. And it's a standalone, um, even though some of my readers want me to continue it. <laughs> um, kind of made that, a, a, you know, that mistake of leaving it a little open-ended at the end for the reader to decide. <laughs> and they didn't like that. So... so um yeah it I love that story and it's you know it's been with me for it was with me for a long time and I finally got it out onto the page and and I love uh talking about that one as well because it's it really is a character study that also tells us a lot about about humanity and and I loved writing that story because um the, the main character was born in space um because his parents The astronauts knew that it would be a suicide mission, and they knew that they needed to have somebody to pilot the ship back to Earth. So they birthed a child to do that. So his whole life is essentially out of his hands. He felt like he didn't really have a choice. He has to do this mission. So he starts to kind of formulate those decisions, whether or not, you know, am I living for myself or am I living for this other thing? And so for me, writing that character, it was hard because I have all the biases of a person who was born and has lived on earth. This person has never stepped foot on earth before. So to really take myself out of my biases and put myself into that character's psychology was, was very interesting and, and fun to do. Wow.
0: That sounds really intriguing. I've got to check that out.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs>
0: Cause I love sci-fi actually. And, yeah. um, to combine sci-fi and thriller is really cool um it's you,
1: very, very soft sci-fi so i don't i don't uh-huh. go through a lot of tech technology and things with the ship maybe one sentence of how it works and kind mm-hmm. of move on from there
0: <laughs> i kind of like that though the, the psychology part of um of sci-fi yeah uh, um you also write creative non-fiction and travel narratives yes how did you get started with that? I love to travel, by the way. I noticed you've been to all these places, countries. That's yeah. fantastic.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so traveling is, gosh, it's, it, it is so opening to your perspective of what you, knew, what you know as your culture. When I met my husband, he was born in a small city outside of Kansas City, Missouri, and had lived in the same house his entire life. And so I was like, you have never seen anything else outside of, you know, this little Missouri town, like we need to see things. And, you know, I grew up traveling with my parents and everything. So we, um, so my husband and I, uh, went on several trips that I could show him, you know, I have a really, uh, a love for France. So I actually studied there in college for a month and brought my husband along and he's a photographer. So it was kind of perfect mashup and, um, traveling just just opens your perspective and it's so it's inspiring and you meet different people from different cultures and walks of life. And it's pretty awesome. And so uh, creative nonfiction was a genre that was kind of emerging, I would say back in like 2010, a lot of people really hadn't heard about it. And there was an anthology by a guy named Philip Lopate that I read and I just loved it. And creative nonfiction is kind of just like snippets of life that you can embellish upon. And so I love just taking the brevity of life, small things. Um, you know, I wrote a story about leaving for work and forgetting my coffee cup on top of the car and it falling off when I pulled out and me not knowing what it was and me thinking I hit the neighbor's cat. And, and that's the whole story. The whole story is about my coffee cup falling off the car, but you can really elaborate on that. And, and, um, you know, bring the creativity into the story by taking something so simple and just, you know, expanding it.
0: I love that. I love the idea of the small story. And I think that's true of um, documentary as well. I've been taking some documentary classes myself and some of the best documentaries I've found have been small stories about people you don't even know. I mean, just the stories that they tell and they'd be amazing on the page as well as visually.
1: Right. Narrowing kind of, narrowing the scope on a subject can be really impactful.
0: Exactly. Exactly right. Um, so uh, you did a, a Da Vinci travel uh, series. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I I'd ra- I'd read... Dan Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, and there's quite a few places of travel in that book. And uh, me being a book nerd, thought it would be fun, you know, to go to all those places in the book. <laughs> so, yeah, we traveled, we, we actually kind of did it backwards. So we started in Scotland, um, and then worked our way down through England into France and ended up at the Rose Line. And, and of course, it's a fictional book. So for me, it was really inspiring to see these places that, you know, Dan Brown saw, and, and worked into this whole world. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was pretty awesome. And it was fun.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Have you published any of these?
1: Uh, just on my blog, which I don't think I have live anymore, actually. Huh. <laughs> I've written several, you know, travel narratives and, and uh, blogs about my traveling. I don't, I don't think I have them live anymore. They're kind of archived.
0: Hmm. You should put them together into an ebook and self publish those. <laughs> <laughs> i'm full of ideas yeah. <laughs> i'm just full of ideas um and they sound interesting um do you have a favorite well is paris your favorite destination is france your favorite destination or is there another like secondary one that you also love
1: oh my gosh i don't i don't know there's so many to choose from i really love france i love their culture and mm-hmm. i love the politics and the language and the food and um I and when I was in when I was studying over there I was in Con which is in Normandy so I was actually in the north of France and it was just a small like um you know World War Two town with like the remnants of the castle and um I really loved it because it was like a countryside kind of town as opposed to like the big city of Paris which I also love uh-huh. <laughs> but um, hey, I, I love beaches. So Puerto Rico is very close to my heart. And um, just lots of other places I've gotten to see Hawaii and Jamaica and Cancun and you know, all those places. And I was actually born on Lake Erie, which I will say, Lake Erie has the best sunsets of anywhere I've ever seen on earth. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah.
0: Interesting. Wow. Um, I've heard that Key West also has some fabulous sunsets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, but I've heard <laughs> someday <laughs> I want to go. I want to see Ernest Heming's, Hemingway's house. One oh, that, that full of cats. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, let's see. Uh, is there any of your work that you can picture being made into a movie or TV show? <laughs> and if so, who would you want to play the main character? Hmm.
1: Well. I actually do this thing when I am uh, planning my novels where I I do cast my characters. So (laughs) when I write, when I write um, certain characters, I choose an actor to play them. And then as I'm writing it, it brings them more to life for me, having pictures on the side and things like that. So um, I would love mastermind murderers to be made into a movie. That would be so great. And um, I have uh, Felicity Jones playing rain. Who she just did Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. So, but she doesn't have a British accent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that can be arranged. <laughs> it can be yeah. done. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up?
1: Um, I don't know. Just, um, I do have uh, the third book in the series that's going to be released. Um, at I'm going to. So I'm going to go ahead and safely say early April because we (laughs) don't know how how long my editor will have it. (laughs) (laughs) So early April, and that one is called the carbon effect. And the the experiment that it is based off off of is the Milgram experiment, which happened in, in
0: 1963. Wow. So you get a history lesson. On psychology experiments, as well as a thriller with Kristen Helling. Yeah, it was great. I love doing this. I just, I get to meet people and talk to them and that I would otherwise never get to see and read lots of wonderful books. (laughs) So thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And don't forget that Kristen is doing a giveaway of, I believe it was the altruism effect. You can find the, uh, directions for entering the giveaway on my blog under her guest post and uh, until next time i will talk to you later and happy reading